Thanks again for joining us for another fun episode of American Brews and Tunes. Yeah, thank you. My name is Stephen Johnston. And my name is Jesse Titus. And this is a part one of a two-part episode. Yep, part one, everybody. So, uh, if you've been listening in for the past couple episodes, you know what's going on. If not, here's a little little freshen up or re- what do you call that? Freshen- recap? <laughs> little, freshen- little here's, no, yeah, it's a, here's, a little, here's a little freshen up or Yeah, freshen up for you. Uh, refresh. Um, a refresh. Yeah. So, we're going to do two episodes that are related, back to back. Yeah, boy. I recommended two albums from the same band for Jesse to listen to, and he did the same for me with a yep. different band. Yeah. And they're going to be an earlier album and a later album, both to kind of compare how they sounded at the beginning of their careers and both how they sounded near the end of their careers. Well, not near the end, but currently. Or later. Later. And not, it was a poor choice. Yeah, not at the end of their careers. They're still yeah. both of the both of the artists and ba- artist slash band that we recommended are still currently alive and touring and They're still banding. They're still being a band. Yeah. <laughs> banding. Uh Steve, They're banding together. They're banding together like a band aid. Yeah, like Band of Brothers. Yeah, like, like Band of Brothers. But no war. But what? But no war. Band or brothers? Band of Brothers. You know that Band of Brothers? No or? What? No war. Oh no, war. W a r. War. I, I just thought you said no or. No war. No, I just don't pronounce very well. Yeah. You know the Steven Spielberg, Tom Hanks hit series, Band of Brothers. Yeah, I know that one. It's great. It is good. It's long. Well, I think I've only seen like one episode, but it was good. Uh, you should watch the whole thing sometime. It's worth it. Yeah. Anyways, uh, what I recommended for Jesse to listen <laughs> to is the band Against Me. I had him yep. listening to their debut album which is called reinventing axel rose reinventing axel rose and next week he will review their much not their their most recent album but a more recent album entitled transgender dysphoria blues so that yep. sounds like there's lots of change going on there yep definitely um and steve is reviewing this week an album by bonnie bonnie Vare, or as steve says bon iver yeah uh self-titled bon iver it's not called Self-titled. The album is self-titled. <laughs> I know. Like, um, and then next yeah. week he'll be listening to and reviewing the album 22 A Million, which is his most recent album. Now, when you say 22 A Million, does that mean the number 22 space yeah. A space million? Or is it no, 20, 20, 22 A Million? No, it's 22 comma A Million. Like, let's count up from 20 to A Million. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I knew what the title was. I just thought it was yeah. funny. Oh, oh boy! So I'm I'm excited about this. I think it'll be it'll make for interesting conversation both this week and next week. But we also have beers that are related. Yes, to go along with the theme of the related albums. this and that, or yeah, related albums. Yeah, we'll just uh, say some albums that are from the same band that are different. So we'll have beers from the same brewery that are different. Yeah, exactly. But related. Now, the beer that I'm having this week and the beer that I'm having next week is very much related to this idea of uh, recommending two albums. Yeah, what's the brewery? Uh, the brewery that I'm having this beer from, or that made this beer, <laughs> is Evil Twin Brewing. And the beer I'm having this week is Yin. Now, yin? What does that Y-I-N. mean? Y-I-N. Like um, Yins? Like, no. Oh, <laughs> Yins don't know what a good a good cup of beer is. Won't Yins go down and get some Iron City in it? Good, eh? Go good, down to John Eagle and get some Iron City. But wash up before you goes. You know? A good cup of beer? I don't know. I was, <laughs> was ad libbing. It was the first thing that popped into my ad-libbing, head. Ad libbing, that's funny. Yeah. Pittsburgh style. Um but this beer is part of a duo or a, there's another beer that, that is its counterpart. 
Like and the Yang to its Yin? <laughs> <laughs> now, why is that funny? I was about to say because if you know the, the name of this beer is Yin, you'd probably be able to guess what the name of the other beer is that I'm going to be having next week. Yang. <laughs> yes. Is it the Yang to its Yin? <laughs> the Yin to its Yang, the Yang, you know. Yep. Oh, know. man. Um, so funny. This is, Yin is uh, an imperial Taiji style stout. I don't know what Taiji is. I don't know what that means. means. I don't know what Taiji is. But it's an imperial stout. T A I J I. Now, what's the Yang? Why is it related? Yang is um, an IPA. I believe it's a double IPA, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I believe it's a Taiji tai as well. Yes. Taiji style IPA. Um, now, I'm gonna read you this little this little back part to give you a little bit more of a description of the beer. The back part in the can. The back part of the can. Yep. Uh, they say this is one half of a black and tan. So this is their version of a black and tan. Um, well, it's half of their version of a black and tan. Yeah, exactly. Half of their version. Uh, the black version. Yeah. Normally, uh, what is it? It's a stout and a lager. Stout and a lager. I think, I, I, I'm not 100% sure, but I'm going to go out on a limb and say it's, it, I want to say it's Guinness and Harp? Yeah, probably. I, I, I think know. that's the standard one. Yeah, um, but if you've ever been to a bar, if you were a black and tan, they'll they'll pour the lager first, and then they'll pour the stout on top, and you can actually see the stout floating on top of the lager. Yeah, they it's kind separate. of funky looking. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of cool. It's like water and oil. Yeah. Or you can go and buy a bottle of pre-mixed black and tan. I know Yingling sells one. It's all homogenous, so there's no separation. It's all together. Yeah, um, but then they go on to say, not just any black and tan. But the one where a toasted smug and a happy fella get together to make a sublime Taiji style balance. Mix the yin and yang together, or enjoy this profoundly evil imperial stout solo. So you'll be so enjoying I'm, it solo. I'm going to be enjoying it solo. Uh, they actually have a version where they mix it for you. I have had that before. Yes. And you may be saying to yourself, what the heck? Uh, an imperial stout mixed with a, an imperial IPA? What? They can't crazy. go together, but uh, I, I'm telling you right now, it was pretty good. Huh, I enjoyed it. It was like a, it was a, a roasty stout. So, <laughs> so that's the scripture. Regardless, I'm excited to try this. I'm very excited. So, so what I'm having this two weeks is from one of our favorite local Nashville uh, craft breweries, Bearded Iris. Yes, Bearded aren't they Iris. great? They are great. Well, what I'm having this week is the Homestyle IPA, which is probably their flagship IPA. If I'd have to yeah, to I think so. Guess. Uh, and and it's. It's a New England style IPA. I know we've talked about that before on this podcast, so it's it's going to be pretty juicy. It's not going to be filtered, so it'll be hazy. Yeah. Uh, there's a haze craze going across the the nation right now. It across like the United IPAs. States. Uh, but next week I'm going to have another brew from Bearded Iris. It's the Double Home style. Oh, so it's a progression of sorts. It is a progression from of an sorts. IPA to a double IPA. Yeah. So we're going to go from newer album. From, from older, older album to the newer <laughs> album. You knew what I meant. And um, in the case of Bearded Iris, they brewed this beer first, and then they brewed the double, yeah. the double home style. Sorry. Double, so, double makes sense. Style. So let's say, we both have cans this week. Let's say that we crack these cans, pour them into some glasses, and do the Give old Rubisky. Yeah. Here goes. Riot Steve, more like Riot Jesse. This has a really, a lot of uh, foam on it. So I poured my beer out, and just as suspected, it is pretty hazy. It's got a nice, almost like, because it's hazy, it gives it like a brown yellow color, like a brown orange. Yeah, I'd say so. Almost like if you're dehydrated and you pee, you get that real dark yellow. Dark yellow pee. So imagine a really cloudy pee. That's kind of what this looks like. <laughs> um, no, but it's, it looks, it's got a foam on top. It looks more appetizing than that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was just a descriptor that I thought of. Um, um, smell? Uh, it smells very, very hoppy, like in the way that, that uh, you'd expect hot pellets when you're brewing beer to smell. It just smells very yeah, floral and hoppy. smell it. Ooh, that smells so good. Doesn't it? Yeah. What's your beer look like? Mine looks pretty darn good. It's black as the night, as you'd expect a, an Imperial Stout to be. Um, it smells... Smells really good. Has that classic roasty malty smell that a Stout should have and then I love love it when it has that smell. It looks like it's got a pretty pretty dark head. Nice like Yeah. It's a nice I dark even, tan head. Some people call it tan. I would say it's even darker than tan. Would you go so far as as to say that it's light brown? No, I would say dark, dark tan brown. <laughs> no, you say dark tan. <laughs> it's not tan, it's dark tan. Um it's dark though. This beer is 10%. Oh jeez. Well, that's a, that's a boozy is, beer. Uh, 90 IBUs as well. So yeah. it is going to be 
a boozy, a boozy bitter beer, you know, the classic double B. Boozy and Boozy bitter. and bitter. So mine is not 10% and mine is not 90 IBUs. On the contrary, mine is 6% and I don't know how many of the IBUs it has. <laughs> it yeah. But uh, let's, who knows? Let's give it a little clank, a little try, you know? Sounds good. Shit. Give it a Oh, delicious. Oh, man. Whoa. This beer is so good. Whoa. This I'm, beer is really good, too. It's interesting. I'm curious about that one. But this, it's got that, uh, the, it's not really hoppy like an IPA that you expect. Uh, it, it's, I'm going to go out on a limb and say orange juicy. It's got like, Orange like a, juicy, yeah. In the way I, that New England style IPAs are juicy. And that's the only, yeah. that's the only descriptor I can think of. Like, yeah, from, from what I remember. Sweet. From what I remember, it's it's very much like orange juicy is a good word. Yeah. Is a good phrase. Like if you mix orange juice with grapefruit and add a little bit of hops, that's what I would classify this as. It's a very good IPA. I'm excited to try the double home style. Same here. Well, I'm excited to try it. Very nice malt. Your beer? Yeah, mine has a really a really nice malt flavor. Uh, and then a strange not strange aftertaste, strange in a good way. A strange aftertaste that I really can't quite pinpoint what it is. That must be that Taiji, Taiji style. Taiji. Taiji style. Um, I'm going to be checking this in on Untapped on right now. Because i got to get those badges. Badges? We don't need no stinking badges. Um, Untapped is a great app. They're not our sponsor, but definitely check them out if you love craft beer. Because it's... Basically. A good way to, to remember what you've checked in, to give descriptions, and yeah. to socialize. It's just social, social media, media for beer, beer. drinkers. Um, you you don't even have little, to be a craft uh, beer drinker. You could be a, a regular beer drinker. Uh, technically, you could, yeah. Yeah, because you can check in any beer in there. Let's do you want to do a little switcherooski? Yes, let's. Here you go. This smells so raw, roasty, your beer. Mmm. Pretty smooth for 10%, but... Do you taste that... that Strange but good aftertaste that like tastes kind of weird. Yeah, it because there's definitely the bitter aftertaste from the, the roasted malts, but there's something else in there that I can't pinpoint either. Yeah, I don't know what it is either. It's good though. I like that. Very good. Uh, yeah, this is this is delicious. If our beer flavors progress as the beer gets warmer, we will let you know. Otherwise, shall we move on to the albums? Let's. I think that you won first last time. Maybe. Maybe so, I don't know. You I'll go. go you go first. All right. So I'm reviewing. And as you know. Never mind. Keep going. What do they know? <laughs> I was about to say that one phrase uh, about first and second, and I was and I was like, wait a second. That's first not, is the worst. Second <laughs> is the best. I know. I thought I was gonna start saying. I was like, wait a second. I like Bonnie Bear better. I should say that. <laughs> All right. Let me delve into this self-titled album by Bon Iver. Okay. And do you see how I spell it at the top? B a w n space e y e space v u r bon iver gosh no no i got to that's how i like to pronounce it just because i've i was first intru- introduced it by reading the name so i was like bon iver what's that yeah um but the band is mainly comprised of one person there's some other instrumentalists that that join him and play with him but his name is Justin Vernon yep and he got the name from the french phrase good winter yep so it's it was from some movie I believe that he got the phrase I can't or TV show but uh, that's apparently he had mononucleosis and was watching a television show a yeah, lot in, in a in, cabin or something like that yeah, I think yeah anyhow in he's the winter from, time he's from Wisconsin Milwaukee right Wisconsin uh, I don't know it's some he's somewhere from, out of Wisconsin maybe outside of Milwaukee I don't know yeah I know it's in Wisconsin so they know their winters that's for sure they sure do uh, so maybe he Steve, really likes the winter themes uh, let me test your geography. What state is Wisconsin by? Minnesota. Yep, my home state. I only know that because you are from Minnesota, and I think you've said it's near Wisconsin. <laughs> I don't know geography at all. Uh, I do, however, know that that '70s show took place in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Yes, they did. It did. I mean, mainly because at the end of every episode, they would say "Hello, Hello Wisconsin!" Wisconsin! <laughs> at the end of the theme song, maybe. Yeah, the theme song. Yep. Yeah. Um, but going back to to Justin Vernon from Bon Iver. And apologies to those who actually like Bon... Uh, let me say it. Bon Iver. Bon Iver, yeah. uh, I'm just going to say Bon Iver because that's what I've been saying, and I'm stubborn. Yeah. If, you, if you don't like that, sorry. Uh, I don't feel bad about saying it. <laughs> I feel bad about you saying it. You do, but I'm going to keep saying it. Uh, for those of you who 
I'm giving an apo one apology, a, a catch-all apology right now. I apologize for not pronouncing it the way that you want me to pronounce it. For those of you who know that it's pronounced Bonnie Vare, whenever I'm talking about Bonnie Vare, I'll say Bonnie Vare. We'll counter out each other then. And not Bon Iver. Yeah. So, anyways, going back to Wisconsin, <laughs> yeah. uh, apparently he's got this familiarity, obviously, of winter. Uh -huh. A fondness, maybe? He looks back on the winter. Perhaps. He uses the imagery of winter a lot in this album, I can tell you that. Yeah. I can only assume that in other albums he probably does the same. Um, I'm not sure. I, uh, I'll find not. out pretty so. soon, I guess, when I review the next album. You will. Uh, but his debut album was called For Emma Forever Ago, uh, which was released in 2007 and was a critical hit. And the album I'm reviewing right now, the self-titled one, came out after that. Yep. So that one came out in 2012? 2011, 2011 I'm sorry. 2011. Yeah. Um, and this also was a huge critical and commercial success. I think he got a Grammy for this. He got a couple Grammys. A couple Grammys. This. So obviously there is merit to this. Yeah. Um, prior to, to reviewing this album, I only knew one song called Skinny Love, which was on his first album. Yep. Other than that, I knew nothing. Absolutely nothing. And I told you to be patient. And I told you to be kind. But anyways, the first album for, uh, what's it called? For Emma? For Emma for Forever Ever, Ago. Forever Ago. Is much more stripped back. Like, mm -hmm. kind of, it sounds like you're alone in a cabin. That's what I've read. And by knowing the song Skinny Love, I can see that. Um, yeah. This album, however, builds strongly upon that, where it takes that sound, but he adds layering. There's much more instrumentation. Yeah. Um, so sound-wise, it's a lot different. Um, for the better, I would assume. I, I think it was... Um, uh, I, I mean, I like... I. Whenever I was going to recommend an album, the, the first... One of these two albums, either uh, the self-titled uh, or Forama Forever Ago, I had a really difficult time because I, I like them both. Fair enough. I can imagine there's people who like them both, people who like one other. It's personal preference, who knows. Anyways, uh, before I get into the songs, just a quick note. Justin Vernon, he creates really unique melodies, and he tends to utilize his falsetto range more than his full voice range. Yes. Um, and I did know this going into the album, so instead of him sing singing like this... Yeah, I'm gonna sing a song. He sings like this. Yeah, I'm gonna sing a song. But <laughs> obviously, the timbre of his voice is a lot different a lot than different, mine. Yeah. But if you didn't know what falsetto is, that's what it is. <laughs> oh man. Do you want to hear a quick fun story? Sure. Uh, whenever I was getting a tattoo from uh, Russ Runs, we were talking about Bon Iver, and he was like, "Did you know that apparently?" He like just kind of started singing with his falsetto one time, just like randomly for fun, and then one of his friends was like, "Hey, you should just always do that and like make that, like sing like that for an album." And so he like did, that. and then he did, yeah. And that's like what he's known for. Yeah, people love it. I don't know. If, I think Russ was like, I don't know if that's true. It might be. It's fun to believe that is true. Yeah. yeah. Disclaimer: I gave this album a fair chance. I was open-minded when I listened to this. I don't believe you. I did. I okay. honestly did. I okay. gave every album a fair chance. Okay. I was biased beforehand because I assumed I didn't like Bon, bon Iver. <laughs> um, but I did. I opened my mind and I gave it a fair chance. Okay. Moving on to song number one, which is called Perth. I gave it a rating of Genial. And I recommended what? it. What? It's French for great. <laughs> <laughs> you did a French rating. <laughs> yes, I did. Um, so, so this is my first recommendation okay. um, And I do need to mention Before I actually talk about the song The title uh, Perth. Perth is a place in Australia Yep. And you're saying Why would he title one song on this album After a place That's where you're mistaken If you were to ask that exact <laughs> question Every title on this album is a place Yes uh, And I'll actually elaborate on that more Probably within the next song or two <laughs> um, Because I think there's a reason Why he did that obviously Okay Anyways, after the first couple of listens of the entire album, this was mainly the only song I could remember. Like, okay. if I'm trying to sit there and, like, think of, like, like what song sticks out to me, do I remember any melodies or any vocal lines, any instrumentations? This was the only song I could remember after a couple of listens. Yeah. And it was mainly the guitar part. Yeah. That guitar that comes in at the very beginning, and it kind of, it's, it's pretty repetitious, and it's really... Infectious. Yeah, he does. He uses a lot of like uh, looped themes or like looped hooks. Mm -hmm. But that guitar line, I really, really enjoyed. On my first listen of the album, however, I foolishly thought, "Ooh, the rest of the album is gonna sound just like this." 
Boy, was I wrong. But we'll get into that later. Okay. <laughs> oh, man. Um, but this is a good song. Uh, I just really enjoy the crescendo throughout the entire song. It really builds and builds and builds until about two-thirds of the way through. It's almost a jam. Yeah. Um, like when the the last vocal parts are done, it goes in that boom, 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 cha, boom, boom, yeah. boom, cha. <laughs> yeah, I know what and you mean. It, it, as far as Bon Iver can jam, this is a jam. And it, it's like really, it's it's cool sounding. Yeah. Uh, I didn't expect that because, like I said, only knowing the song Skinny Love, I would not expect something like this from him. Yeah. Uh, and I really just like how this song builds up. Thematically, it's kind of interesting. And I had to do some research to kind of figure out his his mindset or what he's talking about. Yeah. And even about the lyrics itself, I couldn't really fully figure out what he meant. He's very poetic and he's... Very much so. For lack of a better word, dense. Very dense. Yeah, and I think there's a lot of imagery that he puts into his his words that are hard to interpret. Mm-hmm. I think oh, he yeah, means something. Yeah. I don't know if he means something or if he's being vague, but it's 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 hard to actually tell what he says. Yeah. Anyhow, he's writing the song about a time that he was in Perth, Australia, mm-hmm. meeting a friend, I believe, for a video shoot. And while he was with the friend, I guess he was meeting this friend for three days. Or let me rephrase this: he met his friend, and the friend that he met up with yeah. was good friends with Heath Ledger, who passed away three days prior. Oh, okay. So he was with that person when while that, that person's happened. experiencing grief. In, in, huh. And so he had that as kind of like a maybe like an end of something. He refers to this song a lot as like a, a birth of sorts, like coming into something new, a new experience almost. Did you say a Perth of sorts? A Perth of sorts. <laughs> um, anyhow, okay, yeah. the line, still alive, who you love, might refer to that. I, I think mm-hmm. he repeats that one a lot in the song. I'm still alive. Anyways, I wish the rest of the album was like this song. Really? I do. Moving on to song number two, which is called Minnesota, Wisconsin. W-I, Wisconsin. Yeah, Minnesota, Wisconsin. Uh, I gave this a rating of D'accord. (laughs) D'accord? Which means, okay. (laughs) I think that's how you pronounce it. It's D'accord, yeah. Yeah. Um, Uh, D apostrophe A-C-O-R-D. That means like, okay, I understand. Well, I'm just going with it's okay. It's Dakar. 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 There's this weird, like, fuzzy guitar or bass part in the song that almost sounds out of place, would you say? Or do you like it? No, I like it. I like all the songs. For me, it comes out of nowhere. But the part I really like in the song is, for a while, I kept thinking it was an arpeggiated, like, finger-picked guitar. But the more I listened, I was like, that's a banjo. That's not a guitar. But I did like that part, and they come up with this finger pick style banjo line that continues throughout a couple different parts of the song and the the different parts of the song that it continues through are very different but it, it still goes through yeah um other than that i don't really have much to say about this song it's okay just, that's fine. it's just decor it's just decor um however on to song number three which is called holocene holocene i gave it bon bon <laughs> and bon. i I, gave, I recommended it okay uh, I believe that this is one of his more popular songs. Next to Skinny Love, it might be his most popular. This is the song that won a Grammy. So obviously the the uh, people who vote on Grammys really liked it. Yeah. But no, no, I, I recommended it, so obviously I liked it more than the rest of the songs. Mm-hmm. Man, by the end of this review, you're going to be beating a dead horse saying, I wish this album was better. <laughs> no, I'll, I'll refrain. I'll refrain as much as I can. <laughs> okay. Uh, anyways, I selected this one second because after a couple more listens, this was the song I retained also. Mm-hmm. Um, which is a good reason to pick a song, I guess. Yeah, I'd say um, so. The one part that, that I kept coming back to and singing to myself was, I can see for miles, miles, miles. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he comes back to that part three different times in the song. Now here I'm going to talk about titles again. Mm-hmm. I mentioned before during Perth that I would talk about the titles, mm-hmm. so here I will. Okay. So the actual word Holocene is a bar in Portland, Oregon. Okay. But the word Holocene itself is a specific epoch. Okay. And do you know what an epoch is? No. I had to look this epoch. up too. Like E-P-O-C-H. Epoch. Yeah. I had to actually look this up. And Justin Vernon is on record as talking about the song as an epoch. Okay. Uh, and the album as epochs. Um, epoch means a period of time in history where a person's 
life typically marked by notable events or particular characteristics. Okay. So when he says that, I'm or, or when I think of like an epoch, I think of it's it's like one specific moment that's defining, that's yeah. important. So I think, and I'm going to go out on a limb and say that each title is a reference to a place that means an, an event to him, something to him or means yeah. something. So I'm so guessing when I say that, I could. This is a concept album of sorts. I would say. Yeah. Yeah. I'm guessing the. Uh, so oh, so maybe the reason it's self-titled is because the fact that he calls himself Bon Bon Iver, Good Winter, is hit an epoch for yeah, him. It could be. Um, and I'm guessing that epoch is connected to the word epiphany. It could be. I have, I have no idea. I'm guessing it is. It could be. Derived from... So, when a word is comes from Old Latin, maybe the original is epoch, and the derived term for epiphany is... Crickets, crickets. <laughs> All right, old man yeah. literature. <laughs> we don't need to... Oh, is that a... Oh, hello, yes, it's time for another lesson in the English language. Yeah, we already got one old man here. His name is Old Man Rust, and I'm sure he would kick you to the curb if his hip wasn't replaced. But anyhow... Oh my goodness. Epochs. Yeah. That's what makes up the songs in this album, I believe. Okay. So it's pretty cool that he he did that. Uh Um, Like I said, I'm not the biggest fan, but uh, I can can see merit where merit is due. Yeah. So back to the song Holocene. This song is split up into three portions I would say mm-hmm. and it's it's not like you can wonder where are the portions because after he says that I can see for miles and miles and miles the song almost stops and you think it's over and then he comes back yeah. in yeah. Uh, and that, that separates the three parts individually okay. and it sounds like he's talking about three specific times in his life uh, like one of them talks about like Halloween and apparently in Wisconsin yeah. people get blackout drunk on Halloween I'd... people get blackout drunk all the time and Wisconsin. Yeah, I remember at one point in time I, I went down a, a rabbit hole on Facebook bar, for like drunkest town. drunkest cities in Wisconsin or in the United town. States. Yeah, it's a bar. There state. was a lot in Minnesota and Wisconsin. Yeah, there are a lot. What else is there to do in the winter? I don't know. I Go to a cabin and drink. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Um, but he he talks about these three different different points in his life where he's like gets a a reminder of sorts, and when he gets to the chorus, you find the reminder. Okay. And the reminder is the smallness of ourselves as a people, of, of, as a person in the, the vastness of the universe or the vastness of the world. Yeah, with life. the line. So, and at once I knew. And at once I knew. I was not, I was not magnificent. magnificent. Yeah. And at once let me start. I let, me, knew. let me start that line one more time because I have the whole line here I and I want to read it. And at once I knew. I was not magnificent. High above the highway aisle. Jagged vacants thick with ice. And I could see for miles and miles and miles. Mm. So he's like, he he has this moment where something in his life causes him to think a lot. And then he looks out into the distance and he's like, wow, what I'm experiencing right now is big to me. But in the grand scheme of things, it's not that important because I'm I, not important. And I, and I, I can, can see, see for miles and miles. I yeah. can see that there's a lot more than just me yeah. or what I'm experiencing. So it's pretty cool that he uh, kind of compartmentalize, well, decompartmentalizes his thoughts to, is that the right word? That makes sense. De- yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. Decompartmentalizes his little problems to, to say that the world's got all these crazy things and I'm just a small being and really doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things. But to yeah. me, it does. Yeah. Um. So thematically, it's pretty good and it is a catchy song. Yeah. Moving sure. on to track number four, which is called Towers. Towers. Yep. Towers. That's Pittsburghese for towers. <laughs> for towers. Uh, I gave it decor. Decor. It's okay. Okay. Um. This seems to be a more stripped back song until the drums come in two thirds of the way through. Yeah. Uh, and there are backup vocals, a pedal steel guitar, and all kind of instruments. And it almost sounds like a country hoedown. <laughs> <laughs> no, I would. Uh, that doesn't. It definitely it. doesn't sound like a hoedown. Uh, but the first time I heard it, it was definitely unexpected. Yeah. Because it, it does come out, come in, and it's folky and country sounding. Mm-hmm. Not what you expect from Bone Iver. Oh, whoa! Look at that. Well, I'm, I'm saying something you expect. If if you were if you were expecting a country album, he would be Bon Iver. <laughs> <laughs> but he's not, so he's Bonnie there. So that's, that, there you go. That's funny. Uh, but it is a pretty cool, like, country, folky, I don't want to call it a breakdown, but you know what I mean. I know what you mean, yeah. But it is quick, and it goes away. It, it doesn't last the entire second half of the song. Yeah. Uh, but it's, it's, a, it's, it's, nice, it's a nice change-up, and they keep things fresh with that. Yeah. 
On to song number five, which is called Michigant. Michigant, yeah. I, I think it relates to Michigan. Michigant. Uh, Michigant? How is it spelled Mich- again? It's like Michigan, Michigan, but instead of the G-A-N, Michigan. it's yeah. C-A-N-T. Yeah. I gave it a decor. Decor. It's okay. Uh, it's very pleasant sounding, almost lullaby-like. And, okay. and I think some of that has to do with uh, the strip backness, the really soft, smooth sounds, and it's in a triple meter, so it's like a waltzy, you know? Yeah. Um, I could fall asleep to this. It would be great. <laughs> ah, the oh song's about being young and experiencing intense yet fleeting love. Yep. Thematically, that's something he sings about a lot. Mm-hmm. Yes. I'm assuming that on the last album he did it as well. Yep. For, for Emma. Emily. For Emma. For, <laughs> for Emily. For Emma. Forever ago. Yeah. yeah. So he's definitely he's, his lyrics are definitely more way more poetic than most people's lyrics. Yeah, it's it's hard to come up with his lyrics, and if you read them by themselves, they don't even seem like song lyrics. Yeah, they just seem like just poems. But like the way, yeah, but like the way that he sings them, like if you were to just read them, it doesn't really seem like they fit together well. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense, but how he sings them and how he presents them, I think makes it sound pretty darn good. It is very pleasant sounding. I will say that. But I'll get into that later. Okay. On to song number six, which is called Hinnom, Texas. Mm-hmm. Hinnom, Texas. I gave this Hinnom, rating of... comma, TX. Bone. It's my last rating. Bone. Or my last recommendation. Last recommendation, sorry. okay. Um, he uses his natural voice a little more in this song, so mm-hmm. a little less... And probably it's in the, kind of, the verses. It's kind of a little bit of a treat, huh? It is, because for most of the lyrics and the singing prior to this, it's all been his head voice or his falsetto voice. Yeah. So here he's full ranging it, so he's going into his deeper notes. Yeah, I kind of... It's a nice change of pace. I liked it. Yeah, I kind of um, like that about how he sings and writes, because since he's in the falsetto so much, then uh, it makes his regular voice more impactful, in my so opinion. So when it comes out, yeah. Yeah. The hook on this song that he sings in the falsetto part does remind me of another song, however. John Legend's All of Me. All of me, those all of you. You know that song? Is that, did that come out before this or after this? After. Yeah. But, uh, but you know, you know the line I'm talking about. Yeah. I know, I know, yeah, I, I know what you're talking about. But it's, it's a catchy line. I'm just saying that's what it reminded me of because okay. I knew John yeah, Legend's yeah. song way more. Definitely, uh, Bon Iver's song, Hinnom, Texas, came out before John Legend's, so... Is there a copycats going on? I don't think so. No. It's just a, a melody that reminds me of another song. It happens all the time. I think, and I say I think very stressfully because I can't really tell what he's singing about most of the time. Mm-hmm. I think that this song <laughs> is about being in a bad place and losing faith, faith in love, but trying to get back to a place where you have faith in love. Okay. I think. I think. It's hard to tell. It's really hard to tell what he means. Yeah. And it'd be nice if he gave like a what do you call it like a cliff notes? <laughs> he's like, this is what this song means. Here you go. It'd like, be nice if a lot of if a I lot even, of bands did that. I even saw some interviews where he's talking about specific songs, and when he was talking about them, I was like, I still don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> you're so vague in your descriptions. <laughs> Anyways, on to song number seven, oh which is goodness. called Wash. W a s h. Period. Period. So it's short for Washington. Uh, I gave it a rating of uh, Come si, come sa. Come see, come so. Which means it's so-so. Step below, no, okay? So-so. Step below, okay? Yeah. <laughs> Is that pronounced correct? Uh, it's come see, come sa. No, it's not come. Uh, you don't say that E. It's just come see, come sa. Come sa, come see, come sa. There's even a little mark under the C for sa, so I don't know what that means. Um, this is a slow, slower song. There's not many fast songs on this album, but no. there's a key part that comes in that's really relentless throughout the entire song, but they build upon it with strings and all kind of various instrumentation. Mm-hmm. Musically, it's pretty cool, but as far as the rest of it goes, it's so-so. Come see, come so. Yeah. Gotcha. On to song number eight, which is called Calgary. We've moved out of the U.S. Well, I guess we did with Perth, so that's... Uh, Calgary is a place in Canada. (laughs) Yeah. I only know that because of hockey, the Calgary Flames. Yep, Calgary Flames. Um, I Uh, gave this. This this is the song that I. This is the other one that I thought you were going to recommend. I almost did. Yeah, I was going to say. I gave this a rating of decor. Decor? And there's one part in the song that's almost one of my favorite parts on the album. Yeah. Uh, But the reason I didn't recommend it is because. Before you say that, I like, if I'm not listening to the song and I try and think of it, I can't. I can't think of how it goes. Really? That's why I didn't recommend it, specifically yeah. for that reason. Hmm. 
Um, because when it comes on to this bridge in this part of the song, when the drums come in and there's guitars going, and they're a little bit more heavy guitars than you expect to hear, it's another jam. Yeah. And it sounds really cool. Um, it's just because I couldn't remember it, it wasn't memorable for me. That's why I didn't recommend it. I yeah. thought it, it's one of my favorite parts in the album when I come yeah. to it. When just, you get to it, yeah. I couldn't think of it. Until... Just, it's it's because like whenever you get to it, you're like, oh, nice. Yeah. Yes. Um, Before think, that, uh, continue. I what What I'm realizing about... Uh, as you're talking about this album, is that I'm having the same problem. Um, and I think that's kind of a really unique quality about um, Bonnie Vare's music, is that it's like, I can't, if you were to say, hey Jesse, sing me something, sing me something from Lisbon, Ohio. Well, there's no lyrics in that. But <laughs> that's a bad reference. Sing me something from Calgary. Just from say Calgary. Calgary. Yeah. Like, I probably wouldn't be able to. Like yeah. I wouldn't be able to pu- just pl- like pull it out. Whereas with the album that I'm going to review, I'd, I'd probably be able to. Yeah. So it's not that it's, the songs aren't catchy. It's not that like it's, it's just hard to memorize them. They just you just can't remember them. The songs and that's that's part of what makes listening to the album for me so special because like and I, might I touch, really like touch it. Touch upon this in a second. Okay. Well, in a couple songs maybe. Okay. Uh, lyrically, musically, and melodically. Yeah. Um, but back to Calgary. Before it gets to that bridge that I really really enjoy, uh, it's really soft. Like, mm-hmm. really spacey and soft. Yeah. Uh, and there's like a... I don't, I don't know if it's a synth that's playing in the background. It's hard to, to actually tell what it is, but it's a strange instrument. Um, but that makes it even more exciting when it gets to the, the big part. Yeah. Uh, I wish that the big part lasted a little longer than it did, but that's okay. Uh, lyrically, this song is about falling out of love and how difficult it can be. I think. <laughs> <laughs> Just put that little asterisk by like everything. Every single saying. song. Yeah. I think. <laughs> Moving on to song number nine, which is called Lisbon, Ohio. I gave it a rating of mall. Bad. Yeah. And it's, it's an instrumental. It's an instrumental. It doesn't do anything but for me. It, I, I, I think in the grand scheme of the album, it's important because I will touch upon it in a second. Okay. I was going to say because it does lead into yes, the it next does. song. Um, like most of the album, <clears throat> the focus of the music is on somber sounds and spacey feelings. Yeah. So I think that's the focus of the album. Uh, instead of having things that are memorable musically, melodically, I think it moves forward instead of returning to things often. I think it continues to move forward and progress to where he wants it to go. Yeah. So that's why I think it might be hard to, to pinpoint certain things unless you go to a holocene where there's a refrain that comes back and it once i knew see i was not i told you i would get there magnificent but yeah. this song on a 10 track album <clears throat> i don't want it to be an instrumental but but, but it's, he wanted it to be there and i can see why because of, probably a purpose, of the reason yeah. the, the way that the music sounds on this album and the way that he he uh, composes it it makes sense that he would have this on here to, to convey a certain yeah. feeling. And in his mind, when he's thinking of Lisbon, Ohio, I'm sure there's some particular epoch that connects to the next song. Or to this song in particular, where yeah. that feel that, that he feels when he hears the music reminds him of that. But also, That's what I'm assuming. The ending of this song, though, it goes has a really it. nice cadence where it leads into the last song perfectly. Yes. And the last song is called Beth Slash Rest. Which I think is the most different sounding song on the whole album yes and i'm about to say that it's oh. <laughs> very odd it's very different than every other song on the album i gave it decor this i is, almost recommended it because this, this is, is one of the this songs is my favorite song on the album. this is one of the songs i did remember like yeah. how it sounds yeah as soon as the song starts it almost sounds like an 80s song do 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 it's do 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 cheesy 80s song yeah well because it has like that keyboard sound yes that's like it's not quite a synthesizer, but it's not quite a, a keyboard either. It has like that really like, really soft, angelic type feeling. Do you want to know what I picture when I hear this song come in? Hmm. I picture George Michael, <laughs> you, you know, like from Wham. Yeah. Like, gotta have faith. Like his when he had his big hair and that earring. Yeah. I imagine him looking off into the distance, with lights in the background and a bunch of fog coming up, and he's like just like staring really intense. And I, I want to yeah. hear this. Yeah, because <laughs> it's like super 80 sounding. What this song reminds me of, and uh, what I'll touch on before we end the episode about the next album, mm-hmm. is that in most of his albums, the last song in the album is very much like this song, different than the rest, and uh-huh. almost, in my opinion, they sound hymnal. Okay, I could see that. I could see that. Both um, in melody and in the fact that it's just a simple keyboard. Da 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 da
it is a very memorable song, and it is the most different sounding song. And it has wow. the most unique instrumentation, I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. There are a lot of horns that come in yeah. unexpectedly. A lot of weird stuff. Um, and lyrically, I think, again, it's about a fail, failing relationship. But Did you the, say the title of this track yet? Yes, Beth slash Rest. Beth I said it. slash Rest, okay. Um, and in an interview, he, he was thinking of a place called Beth, and he's like, that sounds like paradise. So mm. I don't know if it's a real place. He's just Maybe he's made it up. Um, but at the end of the song, they realize the importance of their relationship, I believe, and they're going to go at it again, even though there's risk of them falling out of love. Okay. Uh, so there's hope at the end of this. Like, and most of the songs are kind of dreary and dismal and somber and reflecting on lost love and kind of, I don't want to say wallowing in it, but experiencing it and reliving it. This song leaves you with a little bit of hope. So yeah. I, I think that's maybe why he put it at the end. Um, yeah. It's 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 a good ending. I'll say that. Yeah. Um, sure. Tying in the whole album together, it's not Bon Bon Iver is not my cup of tea. Yeah. Uh, I gave it a very fair chance, and I see the merit in it. He put together a very well crafted album. The production value is great. He is clearly a poet. Uh, he's got a lot to say on these these album like the album, the songs in particular. Um, Just not your style. It's not my style. I don't I don't see myself coming back to listen to it very often. Yeah. Or ever. Yeah. Um, Holocene in Perth, I could see myself re-listening to. My other recommendation, probably not. Okay. Um, I'm curious to see what I think about the next album. I hope it touches on some new ground. It I'm changes. sure it does, because I know there's sure changes. vast changes from this album, the previous album. So I'm, I'm, though I'm not a Bon Iver fan, I'm excited to see where it goes with the next album. Yeah. I believe that you recommended it for a reason. And it was a long time between both albums. Yes, from 2011 uh, to 2016. Or that was the end, end of 2016, I okay, think. Okay, so. Eight years between albums. Yeah, that's Long pretty time. crazy. Yeah. <coughs> oh, oh. Anyway, on to. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, oh, oh my, oh my. <laughs> I get another drink of this beer before we go on to against me exclamation point. Okay. Uh, and now for something completely different. Um, just to let you know, if you don't like this album, I'm not gonna hold it against you. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Is you really feel like you had to put that disclaimer in? Well, just think about what I said. What? Hold it against me? Yes! (laughs) He said it! (laughs) (laughs) Worth it. Oh, my goodness, Steve. That was worth it. That was such a bad joke, but it was hilarious. It was worth it. (laughs) If you don't like it, I don't care. Okay, that's why I was confused. I was like, "Wait a second, what?" Like, if I didn't like it, you would actually hold it. Like, had the capacity to hold it against me? No. Obviously, I think you like it, but I'm like a. I do. I do like this album, but it's a big Um, change of pace from Bon Iver. Yes, a very big change of pace, both in sound, uh, lyrics, melody, themes, themes, everything. Everything. It's just production value. Complete 180. Yeah. A complete 180 switch. it's very the whole sound of the album is very stripped back and very raw. This is their debut album, also. They're a band from I, I think Gainesville, Florida. Yeah. yeah. Uh, punk. I don't even know if I want to say punk band. Um, I mean, they are like punk. A, they are considered a punk band. Folky punk band. I don't yeah. Know, it's, it's hard to classify them because it's very unique sound. Um, there aren't. There isn't too much in the way of melody. Uh, it's a lot of screaming. Are there many distorted guitars on this punk album? Uh, they're distorted. They're not. It's not like distortion. Okay, well, if you know guitar um, pedals and effects, they're not. It's not distortion. Now, let's say it's like slightly overdriven, a clean electric. Now, let's say acoustic guitar versus well, acoustic's a bad idea. Let's say a nice, crispy, clean guitar versus electric guitar. Blink one eighty twos, all the small things, heavy. Crunchy guitar. Then it's not distorted yes. at all. That's what I, that's what I was going for. I'm saying it's if you know guitar effects, distortion is much different than overdrive. Yeah. And these guitars are clean, electrics, slightly overdriven. So they're for and a they're, punk, quote quote, punk band. Very clean. That's unique to have the the guitar sound that they do. Yeah. Um. And I'll say, the biggest the biggest thing that I realized or uh, found out first on this album, just clearly about the sound, is that the drums sound way different than any other like drum album that I've ever heard. heard. Yeah, yeah. 
They're, I don't know who did the production. It's or not the like uh, it's, it's different. The biggest change is the snare. Yes, it they does don't, not sound like a snare drum. They don't. You really. There are two you know, modes on a snare drum. You know where you have the chains up, so it's go. It the has snares that, on. The snare on or off. Yeah. And a lot of the times they have the snare off in this, which is weird, or like barely on. I think it might just be the the microphones or the way they mix it. It's it could just, be. It's an odd. I know, like it though. It's different. I think it's it sounds very cool. different. Um, anyway, enough about the sound of it. Let me talk about the music. Yes, let's. <laughs> On to track number one, which is my first recommendation. I gave it five out of five, and it's called Pints of Guinness Make You Strong. Do they, though? Uh, <laughs> On St. Patrick's Day, they might. Maybe. In a brawl fight, they'll make uh, you strong-headed. <laughs> Drew, um, from doing a little bit of research, this song is about uh, Laura's grandfather's death. And it's kind of a, I think one of the lyrics is, Evelyn, I'm not coming home tonight. Evelyn is her grandmother. Um, and I guess I just say before before we start this, uh, Laura Jane Grace used to be... Tom um, Gable. Tom Gable. Uh, but she had a... Uh, what, what's a the... Gender reassignment gender surgery. Gender reassignment surgery, yeah. yeah. Um, so this is still, this album came out when he was, or she was still Tom Gable. Yes. Um, so, so for this album and for the next, I think... Say four or five albums. Uh, it was recorded under Tom Gable, yep. and then there was a switch uh, to Laura Jane Grace. So for the rest of the episode, we'll go with Laura Jane Grace. Yep, because that's who she is now. Yeah. So, anyway, um, it's very good. It seems like a song that uh, is like to honor his her sorry grandfather. Fair enough. And uh, I love the chorus. It's such a good song. And just like dreams, I'm drinking Irish tonight. <laughs> it's so catchy. <laughs> This is a staple of the live show for sure. Is it? Yes. I can see that. It's a, it's very, very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, on to the next track. Track number two is called The Politics of Starving. I gave it four to five, and I'm just going to read one lyric that sums up the song. When you're so hungry that you'd believe anything, well, they're selling you The Politics of Starving. Well, that sums That's pretty, pretty much all you need. It's a very political album. I'll say that. Yes, for sure. Uh... The album, did I say the album? Reinventing Axl Rose. I think we said at the beginning called. of the episode, but you probably, it's probably good to um, say it. Anyway, on to track number three, which is my second recommendation. Uh, we Laugh at Danger. And then a whole bunch of other things after it. Yeah. Uh, this song is so gall and good. It's, uh, this is also a live staple, I'll say that. Yeah, I think they good. play this at the end of every show. Like This is the, the song they close with. Um, it seems like this song is about starting to tour. The tongue? The tongue? The chorus. <laughs> How did you? <laughs> the chorus, uh, or one of the lines, talks about driving a GM van, mm-hmm. and if it makes it past the state line or something like that. So it, I think it's a song about starting a tour, uh, but it's a. The, they repeat the chorus like three times at the so end of the song, times, and they yeah. have like breaks over, in between over, over them. Again, yeah, it's so good. It's, it's it's very infectious chorus. So just based on the fact that it's like. Probably the catchiest song on this album. Mm-hmm. That's why I recommended it. Fair enough. Uh, track number four is called I Still Love You, Julie. Um, great chorus, and I title says it all, I think. Fair enough. Uh, I gave it 3.5 out of 5. I've heard them do this one live as well. Hmm. Well, the last time I saw them live, they were on their way to play The Fest in Florida. It's a, it's a, a, a concert festival. It's aptly titled The Fest. Yeah. And at... The Fest. They were going to play this album the front fest. to back. Yeah. Um, and since that was the last stop on the tour, we saw them. They were like, we're going to play this album in its entirety at the Fest, but since you guys can't be there, we're going to play a bunch of songs off of that album for you tonight. Nice. So they played maybe like six or seven songs off this album, then the rest of the, their set was all their songs. That's pretty cool. Really good. Really good set. Um, anyway, on to track number five, which is called Scream Until You're Coughing Up Blood. Ouchies. Yeah, that sounds gross. Um, I like this song a lot. Uh, I give it four to five. And basically, uh, it's a song about like not getting caught in mistakes you know that you shouldn't that like that you shouldn't be making. Yeah. Uh, not getting caught in a situation like you know is wrong, but like your lusts or your downfalls are bringing you to them you know um you're smarter than that yeah so the the line i quoted or not quoted but the quote that i am going to quote here uh says sit quiet another time when i should have said oh 
this is too much these are things I never wanted to be so I guess the idea of screaming until you're coughing up blood is always be moving towards what you should be mm-hmm. like go all out that's I think that's basically what what, uh, what they mean here uh, track number six is called Jordan's First Choice um, it kind of starts off really cool where he's or she's just singing for the intro and uh, it's, a, it's a huge song of like a lot of deep introspection which um, after looking at the lyrics for these songs I was surprised at like how deep they were because of how like gruff and shouty they're very are. shouty very shouty um, almost for, for someone who's not expecting it almost hard to listen to I would say yeah for sure whenever I first heard it I was like whoa whoa because normally it's not like a, the normal shout that a punk band might have it's it's very different like it's really gruff and you think that she probably is coughing up blood yeah with the way she screams it sounds painful um, yeah it does sound very painful uh, but it's still really good though mm-hmm. anyway on to track number seven, which I gave a three point five out of five. Uh, these anarcho punks are mysterious. The first mention of anarchy. Yep, the first it'll come of back anarchy. again. Yes, it will. Uh, it seems like this song is commenting on people's societal positions, mm-hmm. pretty much. I think they do that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Where do you sit? Yeah. <laughs> what? Where do you sit? Ah, yes. Um, it's it's a pretty good song, uh, but I'll move on to track number eight. Uh, it's called "Reinventing Axl Rose" title track. Uh, the I, bass guitar I think does something that cool little line at the beginning of this song. I think right. I don't know. I can't remember. I think this is. That's a problem that that I have all the time. Uh, whenever we do, whenever we record, I'm always like, I've li- li- been listening to this album for like two weeks now or like a week and a half or a week or something like that but I still just like on the spot cannot remember what these yeah. songs sound like fair enough uh, anyway I, I really like this song uh, it's basically about wanting a band or like wanting to be a band or wanting to listen to music where members in that band are just in it for the music mm-hmm. like they're not in it for the fame they're not in it for a paycheck they're not in it to I don't know they're soul skaters Soul Skaters? Did you ever see the movie Brink? No. It was a Disney Channel. I think it was a Disney Channel original. <laughs> but he was in he Soul was in inline skating. He wasn't in it to get sponsorships. He wasn't in it for the paycheck. He was a yeah. soul skater. He was in it because he loved skating. Yeah. He's like, I'm soul skater. I love that movie though. What? It's a really good movie. That's what introduced <laughs> me to the band uh, The Suicide Machine. Believe hmm. it or not. Okay. Interesting. But that's a- that's for another time. Anyway, the one line that I really like from that song is, let's make everybody sing that they are the beginning and ending of everything, that we are all stronger than everything they taught us that we should fear. So, it's a good line. Yeah, it's kind of a good line about the type of band that they want to be, I'm mm-hmm. assuming. Uh, track number nine, back to the anarchy theme. Oh, uh, it's called Baby, I'm an Anarchist. And I think that title is pretty on the nose. That's pretty much what it is, yeah. The song's talking about like... Because baby, I'm an anarchist, you're a spineless liberal. Doesn't he talk about like, I was there to... I was like, when I said I wanted to kill What's-His-Face, I wasn't kidding. Or like, he's like, uh, I was no. going to go throw stuff at the glass and you never met me. They were like, uh, they were. one of the lines is like, but when it time to throw bricks through yeah. Starbucks... I, you left me all alone. Yeah. So he's like, I'm, I'm enough to actually be like a literal like, he's anarchist. Like, I'm actually an anarchist. Yeah, he's like, I'm and gonna, you're I'm just gonna follow through. A spineless liberal. Yeah, you're not gonna follow through. Yeah. Spineless liberal. It's kind of funny. Yeah. So I mean, we've it's talked. It's a funny song. It's not it my is, favorite, but it's it funny. Is, I like it. Uh, it's good. Um, but we've talked about we've talked about how weird the idea of anarchy is, and that's kind of a song that even like proves it. Mm-hmm. But. Uh, just because I don't think anarchy could actually ever happen. Yeah, I don't believe in pure anarchy. Because he or she is still, you know, committing to some type of dogma. If you were a pure anarchist, you would be a hermit. And that's it. <laughs> yeah. I, I, don't I, I don't I honestly don't know what pure anarchist would look like. I, I can't fathom and, it. Yeah, because like... I can't fathom. We've already, talk, we've already mentioned the Joker. And it's, a rab- Not, it's a, and how, and it's how a rabbit hole. And he's he's not pure, he's not yeah. an anarchist either. Um, I guess you could probably say Nietzsche. 
is probably the closest you can get to an anarchist. But even that's not... Yeah, yeah. I'm saying the closest. Yeah. Uh, anyway, that's a subject we don't need to talk about right now. Yeah, let's just be honest. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the track number 10 is called Walking is Still... Honest. Honest, you guessed it. Yeah. <laughs> because Steve said, let's be honest. This, this song starts off with a pretty cool musical intro. It's a doo 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 This is one of the ones they played live when I saw them. It's it's just it's just a really fun, catchy song. Yeah, I I agree with the you. The chorus uh, is dope. It's uh it seems it's an anti-religion song. Probably. Pretty much. Uh, Not basically saying that religion is a crutch. Uh, one of the lines is, uh, "When you're on your knees, you can be anybody." Uh, referring to being on your knees to pray, mm-hmm. um, and like one, I think the chorus or one of the lines uh, that she sings is, uh, "Why didn't uh, Why didn't Jesus ever part the seas for me or something like that?" Mm-hmm. So uh, referring to religion in that way, and uh, it's fairly clear that uh, they do not agree with religion. Yeah, they don't pump in it does. Not true. I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, Maybe. Maybe some do. Not much. Or yeah. if, if not, what was, I don't know very many. Yeah. Or any. Um, anyway, if you've been following along, <laughs> I've only recommended two songs. How many songs left are there on the album? One. Track number 11. I see you trying to make a joke here. <laughs> about the title. <laughs> I can't. Uh, I'm guessing you're trying to play off the first uh, thing in the title. Right? No. no? I, I just, just let it go. Okay, I'll let it go. Let the it go. Tra- let track it number go. 11. Can't hold it in anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I always wish that song was about a fart. I do too. I just make believe that it is. Let it go. Let it go. Anyway, uh, track number 11, the last song in the album, my last recommendation, 5 out of 5. I'm surprised. I, I might not have picked this as a recommendation. It's called 8 Full Hours of Sleep. I wish I could get 8 Full Hours of Sleep. <laughs> I know, right? Even even this past night, whenever, because today was my day off, and I was like, all right, sweet, I'm going to be able to sleep in, but I naturally woke up at like 6.45. Ah, lame. <laughs> it was so annoying. That's the worst. Uh, anyway. But this song, um, eight hours, eight, eight full hours of sleep, can be summed up in one line or in one uh, idiom: ignorance is bliss. Uh, that's basically what it's about. Uh, Do you know what I think of when I hear the phrase "ignorance is bliss"? What? I think of the Matrix, the first movie. Oh. Do you remember Neo. Cipher? Oh yeah, he's like, I want to eat the fake steak. Yeah, it's a Cipher. For those of you who don't know. The Matrix is a computer program type deal, alternate reality that every single person is plugged into so that they don't know what's going on in the real world where they're essentially just being harnessed for their life battery. For those of you who don't know what The Matrix is, watch what? it. Just watch it. Uh, but Cypher is sitting there with with one of the agents. He's selling out his agent friends. Smith. And he's eating a steak and he knows it's fake. And he's like, he's like, he's like I want to I wanna like this steak. He's like, but he puts his mouth, he's like, ignorance is bliss. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I think of every time I hear someone say "ignorance is bliss." I imagine him sitting there. He's a great actor, though. That guy, for real, for yeah. sure. He's in. He's also in. Uh, so is Hugo Weaving. Yes, Mr. he is. Agent Smith. Yes, he is. Uh, anyway, sorry. Enough the about the Matrix. Sorry about that. Maybe we could talk about the Matrix. For enough hours. about the Matrix. Uh, the Matrix Three. Oh which I could still talk about for hours, but for different reasons. Yeah, for very different reasons. Well, even this, it's it just, just watch the first is one. The savior. Watch the first Matrix and then don't watch anymore. Yeah. Well, the second one wasn't too bad. It's fun, but it just is. Convoluted. The first one is definitely the best. I think the second one's convoluted for the sake of being convoluted. They're like our mov- our first movie is so crazy and out there. We need to do something even bigger and crazier. That's yeah. why. But this isn't a Matrix podcast. This is a music and beer podcast. And yeah. We'll talk about the beer right. in a minute. Let's talk about the music now. Okay, um, I'm gonna talk, I'm gonna kind of delve into this song a little bit because I go for really it. like it. Go for it. It's your last recommendation. Uh, you go for it. The uh, the first lyrics are: When you sleep, no one is homeless. When you sleep, you can't feel the hunger. When you sleep, no one is lonely in a dream. Um, and so it's really good too. It's very quiet. The song is quiet. It's just I'm assuming is a and 
like again, like I said earlier, barely overdriven guitar, mm-hmm. uh, and it's just just her singing. When you sleep, no one is homeless. When you sleep, so it's first of all, obviously I, that's the ignorance is bliss part. When you're sleeping, yeah. Whenever all I, the problems of the world disappear. Yeah. Whenever I first heard the song, I was like, oh my gosh, that's so catchy. But what um, if you slept and everyone was homeless? You could dream it up if you wanted. To. Yeah, I guess so. But no, that, that's that's uh, obviously what they're, they're not trying to say. I'm just, so I'm just being goofy. So they go through a couple more lines after that. Um, mentions of without classes, without nations. Uh, but then the key the key line in this song is, and the sun's always rising in the sky somewhere, and if young hearts should explode from all the lies they've been told. Okay, so keep keep that in mind. Okay, I'll keep that in mind. And then uh, she goes on to say, let the new night bring you peace. Okay, so, and the new night. Yeah. So she's talking about her ideal, uh, maybe state of being that uh, people would live in. Mm-hmm. Right? And so she keeps talking about, um, let, the night of, let the night bring you peace and the promise of tomorrow where we can wake to a new beginning tomorrow i'll have all their um all lost their faces my friends and family memories of all we had uh, where will you wake up beyond title beyond lease careers and laws something more than borders on a map so it almost reminds me of like john lennon's song imagine where he's talking imagine about like life. how great would life be if there were no borders and no like all this other stuff um you may say i'm a dreamer yeah but he obviously John Lennon was but not the I'm only not one. But I'm not the only one. He wasn't the only one because Laura is also a dreamer. Uh, anyway, so remember that first line in that in that verse. Let yes. the new night bring you peace. Yes. And then the last last part of the song, she says, "And the sun's always rising in the sky somewhere." So that new night, that ideal that she wants, will go away. will never come to be because yeah. the There's sun's always, always sun. rising somewhere. Very intentional, um, I would say. And so then the last line of the song, uh, she says, To live through one night like this, I would trade it for the silence. So it was a... Uh, and then the song ends with like this uh, synthesizer note just being held out. Um, so I, I really like that song. I always really like whenever a punk band is like super deep and really honest about their lyrics and whatnot. Yeah. So... I really enjoyed that album. Um, it's going to be a big change with the next album. Yeah, I'm kind of assuming that. All over. I'm assuming production, the production is going to change a lot. Themes, yeah. singing, all kinds of stuff. Everything. But uh, but I, I we'll like that song. It was minute. good. Anything else to say about the, that album in general? Um, it was surprising. I'll just say that. Is there a replay factor for you? Yes. I would say that I never... Whenever I was listening to it this past week, I was never like, all right, I got to listen to this for the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, I was always like, all right, I'll listen to this album. Sweet. Fair enough. Um, I definitely liked other songs more than other ones. Yeah. Uh, but I still liked it, though. See, I liked Against good. Me, and this isn't one of my favorite albums from theirs. Really? I just was trying to go for a very different album sounding. Yeah. Um, however, uh, some of the songs I really, really, really enjoy are on this album, like Pints Against Maggie Strong. Um, this one? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. On that like, album. Like so Pints this, this has some Strong. songs that I really, really enjoy. Like, they're some of my favorite Against Me songs, but it's not my favorite of their albums. Yeah. I just thought it was a really good starting place. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. So, uh, next so week we'll talk about... Next um, week, Steve will be listening to Bonnie Bear's album 22 A Million. And Jesse will be listening to Against Me's Transgender Dysphoria Blues. Yes. We'll also be trying... Beers that are different than the beers we're drinking now, but they'll also but be very related. Similar. Yes. Like I said, I've been having the Bearded Dyers Home Style, and I've got just a sip left here. And I have been having Evil Twins Yin. And I just have a sip as well. Yep. Uh, final thoughts on this beer? On your beer, I mean, or mine? <laughs> well, let's just get final thoughts on the beers. Okay. <laughs> um, mine has been consistently great the entire podcast. Same here. Um, it's It's been just as juicy, just as delicious. Um, now that I'm at the bottom, I'm staring at my glass. I can see some like a, a substantial amount of sediment sitting down there. Yeah. Um, like if you hold it down, well, I, I kind of just swirled it around, so it's hard to tell. Yeah. Um, but 
it really exemplifies that it's unfiltered. There is yeah. particles and it's floating just here. Delicious. It's very delicious. Juicy, delicious, hoppy. It's not overbearingly hoppy. This is an IPA That's very true. that people who don't like IPAs might like. Will definitely like. I like I said, my dad is not an IPA lover. I yeah. think he, when he had this one, he's like, it's okay. Which for him is like <laughs> okay. there is is huge. <laughs> yeah. It's uh it's very juicy, very sweet, and just has that little bit of hop to give it that backbone that the body needs yeah uh mine is still absolutely delicious uh roasty malties out out the wazoo it's so good i'm loving it fair enough Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. so let's magic what's phrase say, time what say you what say you that we give the magic phrase cheers our glasses and down our beers sounds great shit be with <laughs> man that is so delicious. Very delicious. I'm happy with that beer. I'm happy with that beer. I'm happy with both these albums this week. Um, I, before, I guess like I said this earlier, I didn't really in, anticipate or look forward to listening to this album at all, but I appreciate it more than I would have. I'll yeah, tell you that. For sure. Uh, it's still, it's not my favorite thing, but I appreciate know. it way more than I would have. Um, that's what we hope to accomplish with American Brews and Tunes is to make yes, you listen to exactly. things you might not have listened to otherwise. And give you new perspectives. Yep. Broaden not only your musical horizons, but also personal horizons. Yes. Personal uh, horizons. By listening listening to other people's, uh, I'd say, works of art. Yeah. Or pe- what people put their lives into, their souls into. Yeah. It'll is, open up some new stuff for you. It's very beneficial. Yeah. So, anyway. And why not have a beer? Yeah, why not While talking beer? about it. Let's drink a beer. Let's drink it here. Wow. Well, once again, my name is Steven Johnston. And my name is Jesse Titus. And whether you're saying it in regular voice or you're whispering, this is American Brews and Tunes. Thanks for listening. Peace! Here's a theme song. You know it's not a mean song. It's a good song. Just as it should song. American Brews and Tunes. Shibbity-beebity-day!